I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by the two Grahams. First of all, Mr Graham Curry. How are you doing, Graham? Hi, Colin. Yeah, I'm doing well. Doing well. Despite the results this week, still doing okay. As well as can be. And making his season debut, um, it's a a big ask for your first pod of the season, big man. Graham Campbell, how are you doing? Woke up a teddy bear this morning, so I'm good. <laughs> Happy days. This might get a bit confusing, me going between two Grahams. Uh, Graham Campbell, can I call you G, since that's how you sign off your work emails, like the two keyboard warrior here? <laughs> G's fine. G's fine. There we go. So, um, I, that's probably, uh, hearing Graham's laugh is probably going to be the, the happiest at home for the next hour. Um, but a disclaimer at the start. This might not be the the most positive lesson after the last week, but in no way, well, I, I can't speak for the other two, but in no way am I writing this season off or calling for Steven Gerrard to be sacked. But at the same time, when Rangers are shite, I'm going <laughs> to call out that we were shite. Um, Graham Curry, we'll start with last night. Um very strange, very strange. I thought Rangers were actually decent in the first half. Um, the the atmosphere was excellent. The the team were playing fairly well. It was going in our favour. So, you know, if I, I would have took full time at forty five minutes, I thought we played very well in the first half. Yeah, I was happy with the. Well, first of all, so happy to get back in the stadium. What I feel on that was that was the first time eighteen months that I've been in the stadium. So. That was a really nice feeling. I got there at seven o'clock, so I was there an hour early. I wanted to get in and soak it all up. I don't usually go in that early, but for, for last night, I wanted to be there early, make sure my wee QR code worked. That was all fine for me, so I had no problems. I just sailed in and I just soaked up the atmosphere. Union Bears were already in the corner. They were already singing their songs when I got there, so they must have been in maybe 15, half an hour, half an hour before I was. But aye, that was such a nice feeling, just to soak up the atmosphere, see the atmosphere building, everybody was singing, and that was a, yeah, that was a bit of a highlight for me for the night, I know there wasn't many highlights, but that was one of them, was to, to be back in Ibrox, it was, a, it was a really nice feeling. The Union Bears were in top form last night, I will give them that, um, particularly in the first half, we'll come in. It was difficult for all of us in the second half, but I thought they were, you know, Ibrox was loud throughout, but it all came for them, so credit where credit's due. Uh, they were singing their songs and getting everybody else singing their songs right from seven o'clock. So everybody was gone, you know, everything. And that was during the warm-up, you know, so I was thinking that myself. is like, 
the Rangers players must be getting buoyed by this, and the Malmo fans, uh, the Malmo team must be getting a wee bit concerned about God. It's not even a half full stadium yet, and they're already this wall of noise. So it was a, it was definitely a a, a good performance by that wee crowd. Aye. Gee, uh, before we get into the actual football, there was a lot of chat and a lot of a lot of debate over the internet on the the kit they were going to be wearing. Um, it's easy to say this way hindsight, but see when shit like this happens where we're debuting a third kit at home when we should be wearing all blue in Europe, it's got every sign to be a bad omen. Uh, what's your thoughts on the kit? Do you, do you have a unbiased view of it now? I think everyone will look on that kit now as a, a tarnished, bastardised, if you will. Um, kind of like the one we wore against St Mirren uh, in the, the League Cup defeat last season. I think uh, it was a bit of bafflement about it, and then um, read on read before it. I think it was uh, one of the boys for the Athletic that said that it was obviously because there was no proper kit to go against Malmo or something. So it was a UEFA regulation. Again, a bit confusing. We obviously wore black in the first leg, so not really a hundred percent sure what the deal was there. If that was something that again Malmo had thought. Did they play that card? Is that something they did, knowing that we would need to pull something out of the bag? Completely unclear on that. But yeah, of course, nobody wants to see us at home, at Ibrooks, Champions League qualifier, a place we've not been in a decade, with a slight purple top that um, we'd only seen, um, what, about four hours earlier. Especially after all the build-up of, obviously, the, the Adidas kit, we all probably synonymous with a loud drop in. And then you get this. And actually, do you know what? When the when the game started, I went, looks better in person. It does. And you see a boy, a couple of boys around the stadium wearing it, which I have absolutely no doubts they regretted it walking out of the stadium after <laughs> after the game. But yeah. Um. So stick with yourself. The first goal then. Um. Or the only Rangers goal. Um. Terrific ball in. Um. And Morelos doing what Morelos does in Europe. Um. I thought Morelos was one of only two pass marks there for me, but I thought for, for the off he was causing problems. Uh, with it. it could go really well. 100%. I will hold my hands up after the first leg. Obviously, Morelos, I guess, still, still self-isolating or whatever. I was the first to say, look, for me, after that first leg, I would have had the same team playing against Dundee United as I would have then going into this game. I felt like most people after the first leg, there was a lack of sharpness there. There was a lot of, a lot of kind of dead weight we were carrying, almost just fitness, I guess, off the back of our pre-season. And I thought Morelos then coming back and I was chucking him in, I just did not think it was going to be the right, the right thing to do. So, obviously, Dundee United, he was in the starting lineup, so I think we all expect him to start against Manuel last night. And yeah, as you as you say, look, he is he is without a doubt our best player. There's no getting away from that. And he certainly proved me wrong in terms of his fitness. He's obviously maybe had a good off season coming coming back from the the Copa uh, with Colombia, the Copa America. He did prove us wrong. And yeah, he got his goal as he does. He turned up for us again in Europe. And yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll get on to it later, but. I think that'll be a short window for him again. Because um, I think we're going to need to sell him. He was two minutes in, two minutes into the game, and he was chasing down balls into the into the corner flag. You robbed, you absolutely robbed the boy just through strength and determination. And that what a what a sign, um, what a start that was, you know, because that then got everybody, and that's what everybody was asking for, wasn't it? it? Was can we get a good start? Can we get the crowd behind us? And that, if we weren't already in full voice, that certainly perked us all up because two minutes in, he's robbed the guy. I think he probably missed... He didn't pick out Kent as he wanted and it then rolled to Aribo, who just um, had a shot deflected. But what a start that was. And aye, that's what he wanted for Morelos. Is, and that's what he done throughout the night. He was full of fire, full of energy, determination. And it was a, a good performance for him. But no many get past marks, but... As Colin said, I'd give him pass marks. Uh, and it made me look like an idiot after me predicting he was going to come back fat as fuck after two weeks in the hotel, but shows you what I know. Um, Graham, it's time with you as a resident ref. I thought Rangers go um, away we won. We, no, away we won. I thought 
the uh, the boy Innocent, his name is, uh, funnily enough. Uh, I thought he was unlucky. I don't think I was a red card for Malmo. I did at the time. <clears throat> I was screaming for it. And I don't know if Goldson's just sold the decision. But when I looked at it for the stands, I was thinking definite red card. He's went over the ball, um, studs up. And then having looked back, I don't think it's a bad challenge at all. It's not even a yellow, so it's not a second yellow for me. Um, I thought the referee was weak overall. I thought he was trying to get involved in things that he didn't need to get involved in, try to tell people off. He was running up to players and saying, you know, break it up, guys. And it was like a school teacher, you know, and I hear that type of referee that wants to get involved in everything. Just let the guys get on with the foul. If there's a foul, then blow for the foul. But you don't need to be warning people and telling people off. He just, he seemed weak to me. And I think that then, when it came to the time wasting, the inevitable time wasting that Malmo were going to do, then his warnings became uh, irrelevant because they'd been listening to him warning them all night and nothing ever happening because of it. So I thought he was weak overall, the referee. The, moving into the second half then um, so Graham kind of alluded to it there Morelos starting really well robbing that robbing that player up and sorry robbing that player uh, just outside the own box uh, creating a chance for nothing and I thought the tempo kept really high in the first half of there but gee come to, come to you um, I don't know how you try and explain this but it was just a completely different Rangers altogether. Yeah, I, I guess the way I've looked at it, uh, actually coming coming out of it and looking at both legs, I mean, we've conceded two goals in the space of probably about six match minutes or something, seven match minutes over two legs. Now, two complete lapses of concentration, um, shocking defensively. Uh, I think a lot of people have actually kind of pinpointed though Hellander should have Hellander should have started, Gerard's too easy and, and too quick to go to Balogun. I'll be honest, I don't know if many agree. I, I genuinely thought Balogun was excellent last night for most of the night. I thought he was composed, I thought he was uh, pacing the ball. Again, it's just laps of concentration with our kind of our defence and, and and kind of midfield three that just when it comes to this picking up men especially from the second with that throw-in, like, it's just unforgivable. The first goal, that number 19, the, the guy that looked like he was wearing a nappy, I don't know how others thought about is that sense, so he was causing his issues. And in that reverse pass, I just feel like they, they've probably, over the two legs, had two or, two or three, eh, sorry, two or three shots in target per match, if that, and we've managed to concede four goals and go out, just through lacks of days ago defending and picking up a men and that was certainly how it felt so even though we've came out of that maybe in hindsight that them getting innocent sent off who behind our captain who by the way is an absolute phenomenal player I think he's absolutely excellent he was probably our best player and part of that I think maybe actually might have went against us you've got this good old midfielder that's been sent off for them it, it just Something just changed. It's if you've got the crowd behind you for 45 minutes. Ibrooks was in phenomenal voice. Ten men. It's as if the players thought, maybe they underestimated it. I don't know, maybe they thought it was done. I'll agree with you, G, about um, Balogun. I thought Balogun had a really good game. The amount of times he shepherded that striker out the way, we managed to... He was always shielding the boards if he was going to take it for a goal kick and then just taking it away. The amount of times he done that was outstanding. That's great positional play, great pace and understanding of the game. So I thought he was a I thought he played very well last night. And when we were chasing the game, he was the one that was bringing out a defence and trying to pick passes. So I thought Balligan had a good game last night, with the exception of the two goals. And that's, I don't know what that is. Is that just shutting off? Is it no thinking? Um, I mean, it's hard to say that when you can see two goals and I think he's at fault for both that he's had a good game, but on the whole he has. <laughs> we mentioned it last week, Rangers in Europe, it's, we just have this tendency to switch off and I don't think it's individuals we switch off. 
what worries me is we kind of switch off as a group either a group of defenders or a group of midfielders because it's I Balgan was at fault, but yeah, especially the second goal, you see uh, all the surrounding players were nowhere near as sharp as on it, and I don't know if it's maybe. It was quite bizarre the the guy behind me I built last night. Um, you know we all get them the the European um, day trippers. It was fucking going tonto at the ball boys, absolutely going hell for weather, calling them fucking all sorts because they were giving the giving the ball back too quickly. I'm got surely you want to look at your your defenders to switch switch on before you start shouting at the ball boy. I think um, it's funny you mention that. We all talk about the, the European day trippers or whatever, and you, I guess you get that in the cup games. What I did point out to um, a couple of the guys behind me last night when we had a couple of rockets around as well, actually, we've not been here for about 16 months or something like that. These could be our new season ticket holders. <laughs> mind us, so just, just bear that in mind when you're thinking about the rockets that went around you last night. They may be there for good. Mount of times, a guy behind me shouting, 10-man Malmo. Seven, ten, man, Malmo. Ten times without exaggeration, but I think I heard it. That's why he was shouting. But I, I guess we've all got the roasters when about us. And, and there was a guy four, four in front of me. Um, I think he has been there for a while, but I remember him for the last couple of years. He got to the level of frustration where he was just commentating very angry, angrily. I Tav, just should pass it to Golson. I Golson, pass it back to him. I Tav, any Aribo then? I'm going to shut the fuck up, mate. I can see what's happening. Unless, of course, you're listening to the podcast, then you're more than welcome. Thanks for listening. Aye, aye. <laughs> Your opinions are great, aye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, after the, after, after the second goal, we we had a lot of the ball. We we had chances, I suppose. But even when we were getting into the box, uh, Graham, I'll come to you. It's I don't know if it was just the pessimism, but I just never felt like we were going to score. Even when you know, I think it was Sakala and Haji were getting to the byline, some cutbacks. Um, it's just we we never looked like scoring, and the players didn't they look like they believed they would score. I don't think. I'll pick you up on Sakala getting to the byline. I don't remember that. That seems to have skipped my memory. I was not impressed with Sakala at all. That's the first I've seen him, so you know, we get a bit of leeway, but I was not impressed with him one bit. Um, Hadji came on and tried to do a few things. He looks better, actually. He looks, I don't know, tall. I don't know if you can get taller over a pre-season, but he looks taller. He looks a bit more athletic, so I think he's done a lot of good work. So he looked a better player, and I think he was trying to do things. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was a wee bit more optimistic than you then, Colin. I felt as if there was a goal in us. I felt something would drop our way, but it just seemed to be that nothing would drop. A lot of the crosses into the box with Barisic and Tav were pretty poor. You've got to say that. A lot of them were only getting by that first defender, whether that be through open play or corners. The amount of times that we just couldn't get the ball in the box. Um, and a lot of the play was sort of laboured back. It was just it was as if they were going through the motions, you know, as if it was going down the line. There's no option, so come back into midfield and go down the other line. Back again into the midfield. There was, uh, Gerard said it himself, actually, there was nothing penetrating into the, nothing penetrating in between the two centre halves. Nothing happened like that. So I don't know how we were expecting to, expecting to score. Uh, with such poor crossing into the box, and that—that's the worrying thing for me. That's um, again not to sound too over dramatic, but it felt like the Hamilton game before the before the season stopped with the pandemic. After we came back from Dubai, where we just lacked imagination, it was very lackluster. We reverted to type. We ran out of ideas time and time again. So we've just put the ball out to the fullbacks, cross it in, and teams, especially in Scotland, they were happy just to soak it up and clear it. And and Malmo looked as if they were more than happy with that game plan. Um, but that's because I, I think in the first half that wasn't their game plan. Their game plan wasn't to sit in. So the first half they were at least attempting to come out and play, and that's when we pounced. Arfield and Aribo. And Davis, to an extent, they were flying into challenges. 
slide tackling, winning balls in the midfield, and then that was allowing us to get forward with numbers. And I think that suited our game. As soon as they start, as soon as that second half um, kicked off, that was the only tactic they had. They had to sit in. They had to protect what they have and try and nick a goal. That was their tactic. They managed to nick two, but we just couldn't break it down. And we're going to need to find something to break it down. I think the disappointing for me is, yeah, the game obviously changed. Once they're 2-1 up, they were always going to be more compact. They did allow us a bit more space and and in the wide areas, certainly when you compare it to the first leg, where obviously the high-pressed uh, Barisic and Tavernier very much limited us there, they did allow it. I think they kind of gambled a bit. Now, obviously a lot of that, every single cross that went in, yes, poor crosses, but again, why we have a six-foot-five player knitting sitting on the bench when we know that for that last period of the game, the crosses are so important to get something on the end of. And yeah, nothing really felt as I think there was one chance, can't remember exactly, but I think Sakala maybe brought it down and it went to Morelos and it just went a wee bit wide and they tried to hit it and it comes off the player, goes for a corner. That was a decent chance. Calling that, I know what you're talking about in terms of Sakala hitting the byline once or twice down the left. Sakala looks just maybe a half yard off. I do think we have a player in our hands. Absolutely. I think we just need to get a bit more match fitness about us. We've got such a huge squad. I would expect um I would expect us to really look at the rotation. But I think that's really went against us a bit in, in the early games. But for that period of play, why why Itton's not getting brought in? Six foot five, guy knows how to come off the bench and score for us. And he's had a decent pre season. I just think that's a bit disappointing that that didn't happen, get him in about it. I really don't understand why Hitton has so many boo boys like him um, and so, such a large part of support who don't rate him at all. I think I don't think he's done much wrong in his time at Rangers. Um, I think he's he's done well with most chances he's took. Um, I think he's been really unlucky. I don't really understand uh, the folk who write him off. Sometimes I feel like I'm looking at a completely different player. It's just the pace for me. I think that's the only thing he's lacking is pace. But I don't think we demanded pace last night. I think Graham's right. It's what we wanted was a big centre forward that's actually going to win things up there. And he was the ideal man to be doing it. So I, I was confused at, at why Sakala was coming on and not Itton. Or even Itton didn't come on with 20 minutes to go and pull somebody else off because it was crying out for it. So um, I've seen a lot today about you know, it's typical, but there's always a, an element in every support who will just cry disaster any, after any defeat. I get that. Um, but a lot of people talking about, OK, that's Morelos, Golson, Kamara and Aribo all being sold in uh, this window. I don't quite, I don't quite, <laughs> quite think it'll be a fire sale, but you'd be a liar to say that the Champions League money doesn't change your, your plans. So, Gio, come to you. What... <sighs> What do we need um, for this squad? Is the squad strong enough? Um, if not, what do we need? Or who do we get ready? Or who are we most likely going to have to move on? Look, I think, um, obviously, look, the financial impact. I don't think it's as catastrophic as everyone's saying. I think I would be shocked, genuinely shocked, if the board have built everything to the point where we had to, without a doubt, get into the Champions League this season. I do think it does mean that Morelos is gone. I don't think you'll see us selling anyone really else other than Morelos. I think if we can get 12 to £15 million from Morelos, I think that will balance the book, so to speak, in terms of this season. I don't think we'll be taking many risks in terms of winning the league this season to ensure guaranteed passage into the Champions League next season. I think people do need to calm down a little bit. We have an extremely strong squad, one that broke many records last season, one that coasted us to the league. Losing Morelos, we've brought in Lundstrom, we've brought in Sakala. Great bits of business for free. I know people might be looking for us to spend money, money, but it's not absolutely necessary if you're doing good bits of business for nothing. Whereas you sell Morelos, arguably, with what we have right now, we should have enough about us to really make a strong impact both in the Europa League and in the league with the domestic competitions, which is what we want. 
there's no need to press panic buttons. And in terms of the financial part, yeah, that's all about the board. I would one million percent expect to see Morelos go. However, with Itten, Roof, Sakala, and Defoe kicking about there, we we have four we have four very accomplished strikers that I think we we will be absolutely okay. And I do think we'll win the league. It's just a wee hiccup to start the season. I just don't think the preparation's been there. I don't see Morelos going based on his reaction last night. As soon as he scored, he was. I was getting the impression the way he was pointing, and I'm here to stay. And he was slapping the badge, and I, that was the impression I was getting. I don't know if I, I'm just naive or I buy into these sort of things, but that was the impression I was getting that he doesn't want to go anywhere, and he's up for staying. What about Golton? Um, that's the other one that a lot of people are unhappy with, and it's. I do kind of think it's a bit unfair that. After just after a poor performance, it's now sell them or 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 get me sign up or people are saying we don't we shouldn't even offer them a contract. Again, the dust will settle in a couple of days' time. Um, do, you, do you see Connor Golson being a Rangers player after September? Do you on you go? I think there's there's been heavy speculation with Kamara and Golson about contracts and contract extensions and the fact they're ready to sign. Is there a possibility that that's been delayed or this, the signatures haven't been there because we were waiting on what we were going to do? Maybe. I would absolutely say that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We should sign him at the correct terms as a club. If not, yeah, keep him for this season, lose him at the end of this season because the thirty million we'll make by qualifying directly for the Champions League offsets anything. We're not going to get near that for him in the market this season. So yes, this could be his last season. Would I keep him? Absolutely. You're in the same boat, Graham. Yeah, I'd keep him. I think he's a good defender, but he's had a bad few games. That's he really has. He's had a bad few games. He's no looked concentrated, he's no looked just some very strange mistakes that he made last night. Um, but I do think it's a blip and I think he's a quality defender that held together a team that created a record amount of clean sheets last season. He was a rock. He was the one that held that defence together last season. So I said it last week as well, Colin, if, if we keep him and if we lose him in a free, we lose him in a Bosman, so be it. It's worth the risk. As long as we don't do it with lots of players and it's just that one one guy a season would do that way. I'm all right with that. But we definitely need to keep him. He is the he is the centre half, first choice. And then it's who do you pair him with? Is it Hollander? Is it Balogun or or um, Katic? But I'll say he's talking about that obviously Katic has been named in the start lineup for the Rangers B team against him Barton tonight in the cup. I obviously think I mean, there must be a lot of thinking getting him back up to speed. I would be disappointed to see him leave on loan. For me, I think I'd maybe rather see Jack Simpson go out. I don't think Jack Simpson knows exactly the expectations yet. Uh, I don't know if he's all there. I don't want to slate somebody or put somebody down. Have I seen enough to think that I would rather this guy is a full centre-back than Katic kicking out? No, absolutely not. Katic has done... An unbelievable amount of work, clearly, in the gym, off the field, through injury. Guy's an absolute man-mountain. I think that we have to have our strongest guys about. Um, 
for me, Hollander and Goldson's absolutely our strongest pairing. However, it would be good to get Carthage back in the mix and around the squad. If Gerrard's going with rotation, Carthage is definitely, for me, got to be back. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. I, I can I can see the benefits of both Carthage and Simpson going out on loan. It's just, it really depends. I think what one might go in Simpson's favour as he's left-footed and Gerrard seems to like having a left-footed option at centre-back so if Hollander's injury still got Simpson we've seen it with Joe Warrell as well not saying I necessarily agree with that I'm just kind of trying to presume the manager's thinking in terms of um, the, the like kind of last point on the transfer window I'm not going to be a hypocrite and go against what I said two weeks ago I still believe the same when I said any first teamer that leaves, we should replace them. But we, I don't really feel the need to add too much quality because I think the quality is there. Um, after seeing the last couple of games and Dundee United as well, the only question I would put in is if the desire is still there. And again, I'm not going to press panic buttons. Only the management team and the players will know if they are, if the players are st- still have that hunger. Um, if they don't, that's a completely different reason to move them on. But in terms of if they are still hungry and up for it, we've got the quality there to win the league and do well in Europa League. Yeah, I think as well that the, the main thing about these early European games is we were out without three main uh, potential obvious starters in our team. Yeah, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara and Kamar Roof all unavailable for selection in two of the, the two biggest games, uh, certainly in terms of Europe that we've had in a decade. We've not had, let's face it, three probable starters. I, I don't see. I don't see how Jack and Kamara wouldn't have started, especially the first leg. Roof, absolutely, undoubtedly would have started last night in some shape or form, I feel. Um, certainly the first leg. We have three very strong players to come back. Yes, there could Kamara could be sold, yes, absolutely, of course. But let's not for, forget Jack and Roof then. Even those two still very highly influential players in the dressing room. I think there's questions to be asked around Barisic just now. He seems a bit out it. Do we play Bassett left-back? His development seems to have came on. Do we play him for a few games? Do, does Barisic need that kick up the arse? Is he fully fit? As he came back for the Euros, obviously had some issues there. Is his head in it? It's quite a few questions, but I just think there's panic buttons being pressed when there doesn't need to. Our expectations have went absolutely through the roof because of that tight win last season. Maybe let's bring them back and, and just aim for another really, really good season. There's no extra signings required from our point of view. I've been saying it since the end of last season that we've got a great squad. I didn't even think we needed to strengthen at the end of last season and we've still managed to bring in Sakala, Winstrom and one other um, who's, uh, I forget the guy's name I can't pronounce it anyway but we've brought in some extra bodies Um, I'm I'm of the opinion that there's no need to to strengthen either, I think we've got squad strong enough now for a domestic campaign and we've got enough for the UEFA Cup one thing I will say is I was watching them as I say, I was in early last night watching. I was watching the warm up. It's the first time I've seen Bassey up up close in person. What a monster he is! He is absolutely huge. I didn't realise just. I knew he was a big boy for like watching him on the telly, but I didn't realise just how built he was. He looks an absolute tank. He's my hero, man. I fucking love him. <laughs> I think it's interesting what you say, Graham. In terms of, I, I do agree as well. By the way, I think this squad will be absolutely strong, and I think. Just the way it is, people want to see new signings sometimes. I don't think it's necessary. When you talk about Namdi Aforba, uh, he's obviously got issues with his heart or whatever. I don't know if we'll see him this season, I'll be honest. Not that I have any insight info in. I just think something as serious as that, I can only assume we'll very much take our time and make sure that that's right for him. But that obviously opens the door for Stephen Kelly. And we do want to see the youngsters. Uh, I think we we discussed the loans here last season. I think I was... I, I wouldn't expect to see Kelly. Maybe Kennedy was the only one. That's obviously not happening either. Will we see much of Kelly? Probably not. But then we've got Robbie McCrory, who's going to be a backup European goalkeeper. That's going to be great for him. So, him and Kelly coming through as well. I mean, what that means for poor Andy Firth, who knows? But um, I think that 
that will open the door for Kelly. So yeah, I don't think we need to see any signings unless it's one of those, do you know what, transfer window, we can afford somebody that is literally going to improve the starting eleven. Whether it was that Joey Veerman, obviously probably not now, money-wise. But if you can get a good loan for the English Premier League, somebody that a good first team, um, a trim player, squad player, first teamer or something in the English Premier League, that's maybe it, but I wouldn't expect anything else. Why do you say McCrory's the European backup? Is that confirmed or just because that's what happened last? Is that, has there been a decision on that? Yeah, so as far as I know, happy to be corrected. So McLaughlin's not included in the European squads. It's McCrory. Yeah. So um, I think you'll see McCrory and Hogarth in the European um, squads. And then obviously McLaughlin McGregor probably predominantly more domestic. So, and it is good for McCrory being in and amongst the squad um, for those European nights, absolutely, home and away. And fingers crossed, yes, we've got the Conference League till at least Christmas. Let's hope that's not the case. Hopefully get into Europa League. And again, the last 16, that is worth, I think that was worth the end between 12 to 16 million per season. So it's not an absolute disaster getting to the last 16 money-wise. I think the board will have that in mind. Certainly, I don't think there'll be anything drastic done until we see if we get into the group stages. Because if we do, we get past Al- Alashkert and, or Amati. Horrendous travel journeys, by the way. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Then it's not a disaster. We're more than capable of getting through the group stages. And I imagine our seeding by this point would be pretty good as well. I'm just thinking on follow follow today, there was at least seven different threads, I'm sure, about um, mentioning how much we need to have a massive transfer window. I post this podcast and follow follow every week. We're going to get fucking slated. Even um, even, um, the well-known member instructor who's usually giving us good feedback, um, hope we don't turn him off forever after this. I I would be I would be really genuinely keen to know what areas they think we should strengthen. I mean, if they're going based on the last, if they're going based on the last two or three games where we've had some defensive hiccups, it would probably be easy to go. We need a centre back or blah blah blah. I really don't agree that we need to go out and desperately strengthen our our squad's weak. I think it's. I'll be honest. I think it's ludicrous to say so. I think that. The players are due to get back, the strength and depth we have. I would expect one, maybe one signing if if it improves our starting eleven. No that I agree with this, but I think one of the criticisms was that we knew Jack was injured, we knew Ruth was banned, we knew Kamara was banned. So we knew that these guys weren't going to be in the squad for this European, for a very important European tie. So why didn't we do something about it? I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the the logic there because I think we've got enough in the midfield. But I think that's maybe one of the criticisms. But then, I mean, yeah, Kamara, he's banned. So I, as I say, we signed a new midfielder. We got John Lundstrom. Um, Roof, yep. It's going to be banned for four games. Oh, there's Fashion Sakala we've just signed that's came in. It's not like we didn't have those players come in. I know you're saying you don't agree. I don't agree either. I just think some of the reasoning sometimes with panic buttons, I get it. Do you know what? I'll I'll be shocked how many of these people would have been saying this three weeks ago as well. It's easy to say now in hindsight, oh, Lundstrom's not started well. Barisic hasn't started. Players haven't started well. I think one player we can all agree has started phenomenally, by the way, is Stephen Davis. But um, one thing I would say, actually, is next season, if we get in the Champions League and... Stephen Davis isn't at a club through retiring or whatever. See that number 10 for Malmo, their captain? Hell on earth, get him in as some sort of replacement for Stephen Davis. That, that kind of similar player, but that's obviously besides the point. I, I totally think this, strong, this squad is absolutely strong enough to do what we need them and what we want them to do this season. So, looking ahead then, um, eternal optimist that I am, as much as I'm saying I'm no pressing uh, panic buttons, uh, Graham will come to you. I'd be I'd be very very unhappy if we play a weekend side against them. Film and I think when they go all guns blazing and try and get our better form back into this team. No, we're, no, we're definitely not going to go go weekend. There's no way we're going to do it. We put too much emphasis on the cups. It's one of the biggest failures that we've had in the last few years. Is not being able to do anything in the cup. So. There's no way we're going to underestimate them firmly. We're, we're going to put the strongest possible team out. Um, 
yeah, there's no way we're rotating or anything like that. Um, to me, it's going to be the strong, strongest possible. You could possibly say that you drop a few because they were poor and give them a kick up the bum, but and so let's say just as an example, right? Barisic, do you drop him for having a bad game last night and bring in Bassey for a Friday night game against Dunfermline? You do it if you think he's the best man for the job. You don't do it because it's a punishment for last night. That's not why you do it. You, any decision for the team will be because it's the best team or the best player in that position for that job. It, it, it's not, as I say, a punishment. Jay, personally, I think Barisic, Arfield and Aribo look very rusty, look a bit jaded. Um, and it's weird because one was at the Euros, had a knock, the other two weren't. Um, but I don't know, I don't know what, what's happened with them. I, I thought they looked just a, a couple of yards off the pace last night. I'd be, if anything, I'd maybe look, be looking for maybe once some come out, come in the midfield and Bassi on a any left back. Would you change it up much? I think there's there's a few few disagreements in terms of how we should approach this. We should be playing our full strength. I don't see that. It's interesting how different people look differently at games. I felt the first 45 minutes last night, I'll be honest, happy to take criticism. I thought Aribo was sensational that first half. I really did. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. I just yeah. felt, oh my God, he was, he, was, he was awesome. For me, I think Gerard will still change it, maybe three or four. Sometimes Kent, these are the kind of games he takes Kent out. I could potentially see him getting taken out. Barisic, don't see him starting. Be interesting to see what he does with McGregor. It'd be nice to actually see him maybe get a few run, uh, a few games in the team, uh, a few run of games in the starting eleven. This kind of happened last season. I think that's actually based Gerard this season. I kind of winning formula last season, quote unquote. McLaughlin was in the early kind of games, in and out for McGregor, Europe, blah blah blah. And I think McGregor, uh, I think Gerard's kind of went with that this season, but. It'll be interesting to see if, if he starts or, or potentially McCrory. But I expect Barisic to come out. I expect um, maybe Kent to come out. I'd be surprised if we didn't try and look at resting Stephen Davis, especially how influential he's been the first couple of games. We should have enough about us to see often Fermlin without somebody like Stephen Davis because, look, let's let's not, let's not be around the bush. We all want a domestic cup this season, but Again, if we don't win a cup and we win 56, we get in that Champions League. Are we going to look at that successful season? Yeah, probably. Stephen Davis is going to be huge this season. I can, can sense it. So I, I do think there'll be three or four changes on Friday, much to the irritants of maybe a lot of our fans. I would expect maybe Sakala to come in as well. So, gee, you kind of alluded to it. Um, I'm glad you stuck with you actually because I I don't actually know who we can get in the next round of the Europa League. I'm not going to make an arse of myself again because uh, last last week I announced breaking news that Kamara has signed a two-year deal. He hasn't. I was talking pish. Um, so how are we looking for our potential Europa League opponents and then we'll come to Graham for what his thoughts are on the potential tie-up. So yeah, obviously it's uh, basically Alash Kert or uh, Kairat Almaty. Now obviously the next round of the Europa League is three days before the whole firm. So Almaty is basically Kazakhstan. I think somebody alluded on Twitter last week that I read we'd actually be better getting a tie in the east coast of America than we would having to go to Kazakhstan during the week, um, which would obviously be a disaster. Um, so they're of Kazakhstan, Alash Kert are, are of Armenia. Now, Alashkert is somebody that they're a team that I do recognise. I, I potentially, somebody would need to fact-check this. I don't know if I recognise them from just European football. Potentially, they might have been in the Champions League in the last couple of seasons. Not, again, I don't want to be um, happy to get they've definitely been in one of the group stages of the European competition. Um, Almaty, I've heard of. Again, that's definitely from a Europa League point of view. But it's just the travelling distance. That was in, uh, sitting there at Ibrooks last night, three minutes to go, turned around to the guys behind me, and I was just like, obviously looking 
forward to that the Europa League. I was like, it's a disaster in terms of travel. We've got to do um, Kazakhstan, something mental, like three or four thousand miles or something like that, three days before an old firm, and it's all about momentum for me. So we've got them firmly. We absolutely should be really probably putting that full strength out, getting that, getting the team ready for um, Almaty games, and then straight into the straight into the old firm because we need that momentum. Otherwise, we could find ourselves, God forbid, not picking up the three points on the Celtic. Complete unknown quantity just now, uh, them. So who knows what that's going to bring. So we just need to make sure we are good. And yet, it's far from ideal who we've got. But let's just get in the Europa League. Graham, Mary, any further thoughts on, on that? I think just to mention, I think I'm right in saying it's 0-0 for the first leg um, with you guys. So... Um, yeah, you might recognise the name because they played St Johnson a few years back, so maybe that's why it's in your memory. Um, but yeah, the, no matter what, it's a travel. You know, we're potentially going to Kazakhstan, who Kazakhstan borders China, which just highlights the the distance. You know, and reiterates that actually are probably better going to the east coast of east coast of America, but. Uh, we should have enough to get by these two teams there. Eh? Uh, but I was saying last week we had enough to get by Malmo, so let's not count our chickens, but uh, should be confident enough to do it. I think it's the same message still. Rangers apply themselves the way they should and they can, then we absolutely have enough to get by these two teams and by them Fairman and to start picking up points in the league. That's why the Thayers are so confident that we will win the league this season. We know what this squad are capable of. Um, so it's just really, it's down to Rangers to get rid of this lump. I think the important thing is the first leg is at Ibrox. Now, if, if we can really horse one of these teams, whoever we get at home, tall order, however, if we can find a bit of form and get back to how we can be and we can really put it put it on one, then yes, could we potentially afford to rest a couple of players for an away leg? Do we need to take some of the more important players 4,000 miles um, basically to Asia uh, for, a, for a Europa League tie? Hopefully. But, you know, it's Rangers. What we'll do is we'll struggle to win now and we'll have it all to play for in Kazakhstan. So that's still it for to. I guarantee that there's a game where we win five nothing there will be the fucking away leg. Um but that's just the joys of watching Rangers, I suppose. Again, just to kinda of hammer home the point that it's easy to press panic buttons, it's easy to worry and get carried away with the hateful mainstream media or reading things in social media from Rangers haters, it's easier to get carried into that. One thing to remember is we've just came off the most important season probably in our history. We've got an extremely strong squad, a very committed manager and coaching staff. We've got a wee blip at the start of the season. There's absolutely no reason to panic. It's the 11th of August. Um, we've not lost ground on them in the league. Let's just calm down, put trust in the the the, the squad and the manager that brought us 55 and, and let's just tank her down for a, for a long and hopefully successful season. Just taking a wee note in, um, 46 minutes, put in the simply the best over uh, the backdrop of that speech. Graham Curry, heading for you. No, I can't add to Graham's there. That's, um, that was like Billy Joel there, keep the faith. <laughs> and I totally agree. It's um, We've seen we've seen worse Rangers uh worst starts to the season for Rangers um, I, I seem to have in my head that throughout the the 2000s um, Rangers all started the season poor obviously it's when you're in it when you're living it that week it's just as it's as dreadful as you remember but no there's been much stronger Rangers teams that have come back for a week like this Let's not forget off the back of the AFA Cup final we go out and get beat and put out by uh, Kaunas in the Champions League qualifiers. We've been here. We've done it. It feels minging. It's horrible. But it's not anything we've never seen before. We'll go on to have a good season. We'll go on to have a really good season. I feel it. I feel it. Let's uh, 
it's a minimum of a double this season, and that's not taking out the Europa League. Let's let's go for the European glory as well. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> we started off very, very negative at the start of this call, didn't we? This podcast was very negative to start. We knew we were going to be the champions of Europe. Aye, <laughs> uh, and G was just pointing to his Budweiser there, so <laughs> that's why many, many beers can get tired in 40 minutes. But that's a great note to finish off. So, uh, as always, um, please let us know uh, your thoughts, your feedback. If you think we are absolute blind optimists or we've got a point or two, let us know either way, we'll take it. Um, also, if to do is thank my two guests. First of all, uh, Keyboard Warrior G, Graham Campbell. Pleasure, as always, thank you. Yeah, and Graham Curry. Thanks, boys. We are the people. We are that. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market